On June 24th, Concerned Women for America and other pro-life groups stood outside the Supreme Court as Roe v. Wade was overturned. We cheered, we cried, <laughs> we celebrated, but we also paused to remember all the incredible men and women that God had used to get us to that moment, such as Concerned Women for America's founder, Dr. Beverly LaHaye, who's now 94. I don't think she'll mind me saying. Another incredible woman at the center of the court's reversal is the Attorney General for Mississippi, Lynn Fitch, who's just an amazing woman. Stay tuned, and you're going to get to hear from Lynn Fitch. Strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. This is Concerned Women Today with Penny Young Nance, CEO and president of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy organization for women in the nation. Lynn Fitch, Attorney General Lynn Fitch, we are so excited to have you here on the podcast on Concerned Women Today, and I have loved working with you. You are a Christian woman. You are beautiful. You're a great spokesperson on the issue of life and so many things. You've let you lead on amazing issues and are just such a great person to represent the state of Mississippi, which my in-laws are from. My husband grew up in Mississippi. We have a lot of family there. So it's just an even bigger honor to me to get to see Mississippi so well represented by you and by Cindy Hyde Smith and just these amazing amazing women that are coming out of your tiny little state. Um, so people that are watching our podcast or listening, they know you, they know who you are generally, but what you're most known for, and you're do, you've done all kinds of things, and we'll talk about some more of that a little bit later, but I think our audience would love to hear from you about what started that made you put forward the case that went all the way to the Supreme Court um, that overturned uh, Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs case. So maybe you can give us a little background on how that all started and unfolded. Absolutely. And thank you for those kind words. You're just a wonderful friend. And I really appreciate all the work that you all do. Thank you for standing so strong in Christian faith and values and principles. And, and this has just been such an opportunity, not only to uh, have our relationships and, but certainly for the work you do, and we'll get to do it together. So thank yes. you. Thank, thank you. So, <clears throat> so when I got into office, the case was here. It had been appealed to the Fifth Circuit. Um, we immediately sat down and said, we are definitely going to appeal this case. We're going to take it to Supreme Court. Uh, you know, from the very beginning, it's a God case. Yes. God chose this case. Um and I truly believe he put all the right people in the right places at the right time with the right skill set. Um, so we did. Um, we filed. Let me petition. let me pause right there and just sort of explain to people what the law was, what the underlying law that Mississippi had that was um, being brought to court, that was being challenged. So uh, exactly right. It was a 15-week abortion ban, and interesting mm -hmm. enough, the, um, the 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 Jackson Healthcare the uh, clinic that brought the case um, only did abortions up to 16 weeks. So we're only talking about a week's difference. Mm. So again, that kind of set the stage. Um, and so as we looked at that law, we knew it had been, you know, sitting at the fifth circuit, <clears throat> they ruled against the state. Um, and so we filed our petition for search United States Supreme court. Um, it sat there and sat there and, you know, Supreme Court cases come down on Fridays and we would wait and we didn't get any cases uh, that they, they, we weren't selected with those cases on Friday. But on a Monday, um, we got the call 
Mm-hmm. And so, wow, we were just like over the top excited. Now I was uh, in a meeting with my uh, Republican AG colleagues and we had just finished up and we were leaving and um, I got the call from my chief of staff, Michelle Williams, you know, that she does. A yes. Michelle job. is great. She is. And so she called and so just a kind of a little funny story. We uh, get the call and um, I always do try to look nice in the airports, but it was a good thing that day because all of a sudden all the TV screens had my uh, face. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was an exciting time in May. You know, we knew we would um, immediately move forward, which we did. We set in stage um, a plan. We had a strategic plan for all the different components of this case. It's so complex mm-hmm. that we immediately went into, you know, our, our amicus brief uh, partners, our coalition mm-hmm. uh, stage of it, our outreach, uh, how we would work together across and have the same messaging um, across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a multifaceted strategic plan for this case, um, even down to as we looked at and Again, thank you. We were very, all very engaged in the mm-hmm. theme of empowering women and promoting life. That's right. First time that's really been talked about together. That's you right. Know, for 50 years, it was either or. Mm-hmm. So this gave us the opportunity to actually have the conversation about empowering women and promoting life and to utilize that all the way through everything that we all did, all, all of our uh, outreach. And then that was the theme of the brief. And the brief was phenomenal. So Which we did an amicus, as many people did in support of you, of you all, because it was a very, your brief was so well-written and vote so strategic. Well, and thank you know, I was going to highlight you all had done that. And we really appreciate it because we had 76 amicus briefs. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, when had you seen so many people rally around this issue and stand mm-hmm. so strong? Um, and so we certainly wrote the brief. Um, and, you know, many eyes are on it. And we said, we're going to ask the hard question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We've been given this opportunity. So we're just not going to angle for what our current law says. Let's ask. All they can do is say no. And if, but if we don't pose the question, then the Supreme Court will never answer it because no one else had asked that question that, that had percolated through the system. So we did. And um, it was exciting. Uh, Scott Stewart is the Solicitor General, and he just did an amazing job, certainly um, shepherding the brief and then through the oral argument. But all those many months, we were all working together. The messaging was going on. There were prayer chains going on. Mm -hmm. People were lifting us up. We felt it. um, And we're so grateful for that because as we all got ready for the rally and the oral argument on December the 1st, we were very much at ease. And, you know, think about the rally that day. Yes. Thousands of people there. Yes. Ten, I bet. I, I really think we brought in just on our own, just CWA brought in 2,000 women. Many of them were students. And I, I think there were 10,000 women, mostly women, that were there, mostly young women that were there on behalf of life and supporting your effort. And um, and the other side was blown away because I got to tell you, they are not afraid to pay people to uh, rally and um, and they're good at it because, I don't, you know, I, I won't be ugly about it, but I think there's good reason because I don't think they have as much going on as we do. And, uh, you know, think about it. Moms have to get babysitters and they have to get time off work. And really, 
I heard reporters being like aghast at all the pro-life support that were there the day of the oral arguments and all that matters. I mean, the way the press covers it, the even, you know, we know that the men and women inside that building are aware of what's happening outside the building. And we were all wearing blue and you were wearing beautiful blue uh, AG Fitch. And we held a beautiful rally, which I want to give you credit. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about who all spoke that day. And that was your doing. Well, thank you. But it was such a unified front. And you're exactly right. People saw everyone come together. And that day, uh, again, with all those thousands of people there, and we had over 55,000 people that we know that actually live streamed as well. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the first time we've ever had a case of this magnitude and that right. was so impactful. Uh, and, you know, we started off that morning with uh, Dr. Alveda King giving um, her her invocation. I mean, what an incredible way. Oh, my goodness. So powerful. Oh. It was, and then all the different speakers, you know, there were 36 speakers. Mm -hmm. And again, to have diversity in the speaking. Yes. You had everybody there, again, praying, uplifting. Uh, what an amazing time. So all, uh, everyone there together, all on the same thought process. And you're exactly right. You know that the justices knew what was going outside. And they were probably three to one for pro yes. life. Where normally it'd been the opposite. So That's right. Have so many people there. Uh, again, it just was so heartfelt. And as we went in to make the oral argument, and again, they set some COVID rules, so only Scott and I could go in. You know, there was just this peace. Um, mm -hmm. Again, you knew everybody was continuing to lift up the, the issues. Yes. And it, it just made a huge difference. And then he gave that brilliant argument there in front of the justices. Um, and I, I will tell you again, right people, right place, right time. Uh, to have him come be a part of the team as the solicitor general. Yes, he's a brilliant young man for sure. He is, but you know, he hadn't been to Mississippi. He came to Mississippi on faith. And, you know, I told him, I promised him, I said, you will really enjoy it. Everyone's very <laughs> kind and gracious here. We're very hospitable um, and very family oriented in this office. Uh, and so he did. And, you know, that just meant a lot. And then, you know, he had actually clerked for Justice Thomas. Mm. he got up to speak that explains a lot <laughs> oh it does <laughs> so that was just incredible to see him you know deliver that very articulate brilliant argument mm. and the first time that uh justice thomas said well general stewart then i felt like the proud mama too i was like <laughs> i was so proud of scott and you know again to see him in in that uh moment was exciting mm. Well, he was I had a funny story. He was single at the time. My phone was blowing up with young women in our office asking, you know, what his deal was. Unfortunately, I had to tell him he was engaged <laughs> and he was getting ready to get married. I think I asked Michelle, well, Michelle, you got to tell me my phone's blowing up. I got all these young women who are very interested in Scott. Um, you know, you know he we, got married 10 days later. After yes, I knew that's argument. what that was all. So he's engaged. He's getting married in about a week. So sorry, ladies. He's just a precious. Yes. <laughs> um, but sweet, sweet guy so smart just incredible um and there was you know i'm so happy to hear you talking about the peace that you felt in the courtroom because that we had a prayer guide that was 30 days long and others fasting in prayer for a month before or even longer all over the country and i'm so happy to hear that you felt that and you sensed just the peace and i've been in those moments where i'm scared to death and i'm not saying you were because you all had already done your work and all that but it is the supreme court of the united states and no pressure but the entire pro-life movement is looking at you <laughs> so and depending on you so um but i'm really glad you know that's just this feeling that 
it settles over you and you know, it's the Holy spirit. I have felt it. It is, you know, I don't feel it all the time, but boy, when it shows up, you really know that you're being prayed for and there's just the prayer warriors are working. And if our eyes were open to see the spiritual world, the battle that would be going on, I think would blow our minds, but um, we were so proud it was so um, uplifting for us and everybody on the team felt it again, all the work that went in, all of our friends, all of our partners, I, it just made a huge difference. And again, think about this. We've never seen a case like this before. No. Never seen a case of this magnitude where people really stood up this time and were yes. united. And it was yes. very forceful to have everyone uh, aligned together. Well, it started with your taking on the question, not just a 15 weeks, but the whole idea, which other cases had laid out and made law for the entire country, that no state could limit abortion pre-viability. And so you took on the whole thing and they had to completely overturn the decision. So you didn't play it safe. You went big and it worked. And, you know, I think all the prayer and all the support. I also have to say the group of people you brought together, the most diverse group. Of course, you talked about Dr. Alveda King, who's Martin Luther King's niece, starting off the rally. But also you talked, you brought at this rally, I saw women with purple hair, <laughs> you know, some pro progressive for life that didn't fit neatly in the box, you know, and, um, you know, I saw a few rainbow flags and I saw Democrats for life. And I just thought it was brilliant that we could all come together and put aside for the day, all of our other disagreements and work together and speak with one voice on behalf of the least of these and on behalf of the issue of life. And that was your doing. Well, thank you. It was such a team effort, but it was, it was again, incredible to see everyone stand up together for life for women and and have that such a huge diversity yes so, yes well, well i just exciting day for sure well and i'll never I, forget uh oh me either I, it'll be like one of those where were you on june 24th everybody that's right stop and remember now so let's talk know? about that tell me where you were when you got the call that there were actually the decision was going to come down because there was well, a lot of fakes, you know, you had the leak, right? And once we saw the leak, we're like, this is going to be good, but I hope it's real. And it was, and, uh, and, but it can change. And so, and there was the vandalism. I'd love, you know, maybe also for you to kind of talk about, you know, what that means and what the justice department's role is in, you know, in dealing with vandaliz vandalizations. Our building was vandalized. We reached out to the FBI. No one said anything. No one even came by. Um, the, the guy was actually caught. Fortunately, the Alexander, the local police stepped up and did their job. Um, but you know, he had all the pregnancy care centers that were damaged. Uh, there was a, a, a place in Arizona that was firebombed. You had this huge, you know, swell of uh, angst by the other side. And they were supposed to do the day of rage, which never materialized. Thankfully, we had, uh, we hired, and you don't even know this, we hired um, uh, security detail full time around the clock for us and our staff. And also to be there with us outside the court as we all the decision days came by because we didn't know what day was going to come down. And the other side was they were angry and we wanted to make sure our people were safe. Um, but where were you when finally the decision day came? Well, I'll tell you, you know, you first mentioned after the leak occurred. I mean, how horrific was that that mm -hmm. we could have the United States Supreme Court jeopardize and have that information leaked out? into the public you've just never seen that happen to that institution no or ever dreamed that would ever happen but like you you know um we all liked the opinion and hope that it stood strong and were anxious 
for that to come out. So, you know, after that happened, and as you just said, so many things happened right then, so many different mm -hmm. um, attacks, uh, you know, vandalism. It just happened. We So we got a, a, a brunt of it as soon as the leak occurred. That's right. And it's unfortunate that um, the Department of Justice, they weren't stepping in. They weren't looking at it from that perspective. I mean, they're supposed to be protective of all sides. And mm -hmm. um, we did not see them take uh, very much action at all, unfortunately. Um, but as we knew that was coming, you know, we knew the days were kind of uh, getting to that point. Um, and it's certainly a very, um, very charged issue, to say the least. And people were either excited or very unhappy with the prospect mm -hmm. that it might happen along those lines, you know, because immediately after the uh, oral argument, you saw a lot of trending with these big news outlets, these very liberal news outlets going, Roe is going to be overturned. Mm -hmm. They were sending that across the ticker lines and then they went, oh, we better stop because this is probably going to become a reality. And then when the leak actually happened, then they you saw everyone, you know, kind of do a real pause on that. So as we knew the time was coming to an end, I was uh, very cautious uh, again, as you said, because we have to be very protective. Mm -hmm. You all need insecurity there um, and, and certainly here. So I was just with my family that day when it came about, uh, just not at the office, but with my family. Mm, that Well, that's a beautiful day. Um, I will never forget, we were headed in because, again, we'd been there every day uh, since the leak, every decision day. Decision days for the court isn't every single day. It's like a couple of days a week. And they were winding down. We knew there was only so many days left because they were getting ready to leave. You know, they they closed the session, I think, at the end of June. Very hot. You know, we're out there, though, every single day in decision day. And I'm on my way in. They It comes out at like 10 o'clock. And I get a call from one of my friends who works for one of the news um, agencies. And uh, and she's like, we're getting more of this today. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, you know, my heart then just started beating hard. And so we were there and we were ready. I hadn't prepared it. You know, it, it comes down and I'm stepping up to the microphone and I'm realizing, wait a minute. I haven't thought one minute about what I'm going to say, but I was just so grateful to get to thank all the women that came before us. You know, the women that since 1973 that had walked the halls of Congress, that had come to the March for Life, had brought their baby on their hip to their state legislatures and advocated for life. This was, and some of them are in heaven now. And this is their, this was their day as much as all of us that had continued to work. And so um, it, it, changed everything now lest people in that are watching think oh good that's that's good now we can just like you know pack up and go home we don't need to pray about that anymore that's not true is it ag fitch what do you what do you have to say to them well that that's absolutely right no i mean this now starts the new chapter and right. i think you're right somebody so many people thought okay the end of the story no 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 this is where we've been given these incredible opportunities you know we we all ask for the uh the job please return that's right return it to the people, let us be responsible for those decisions. And so when that happened, it's definitely the time for us to step up and take action. It is, this is truly a call for action for all of us in all of our respective states. Yes. We, we need to uh, heed that action of, of actually empowering women now and promoting mm -hmm. life. And how would we lift them up? Their children, what will we do? We weren't going to just talk about it now. We need to actually have an uh, action item plan. Um, we immediately in Mississippi began working on that. As soon as the decision came down, 
Um, we were in court a couple of times. I had to uh, write the opinion that said Roe v. Wade had been overturned. Um, but then we successfully won that within a 10-day time frame, and then we moved right along. But what would we do for our action items? So we immediately have a, a new plan called the Empowerment Project. Mm -hmm. uh, and just to, to kind of give you an overview, because we think that the laws can be as compassionate as we all are and our hearts are. So now it's time to make a change in the laws. It's time to look at all the rules and regulations and again, make those effective changes that actually do empower women and promote life. And so we, we began working, we got partners, we did research, we looked at best practices and looked at new laws that we would come to the legislature and ask them to engage in. We had a number of different uh, senators and representatives that stepped up task force. We did a lot of testimony during the fall. And so it was exciting. And we were actually talking about it, knowing that there was some action to be taken when the legislature came into session. And it was very, very successful. But so the empowerment project, you know, there's a lot that can be done for sure. But we sort of narrowed um, on five pillars on how we wanted to go forward and how we wanted to have the conversation and then next steps. And so we do call it the next steps in the, to the Dobbs era. And I think, you know, people say it's the post row. It is. But we should be very optimistic and say, no, this is the new Dobbs era. This That's is right. what we're all doing together. So one of the things that was first and foremost was we really need to make child care more affordable, mm -hmm. accessible, and quality child care. Uh, that is very significant, particularly for these young mothers. I mean, it costs so much for child care, finding the quality child care, and, and to find accessibility. You know, here in Mississippi, it costs more to send an infant and a toddler to daycare for a year than it does to send a student to one of our fine colleges and universities tuition-wise. Wow. It's unacceptable, right? That is shocking. Yeah. So we that was the first pillar. The next pillar we talked about with our uh, partners and with our mm -hmm. uh, delegation was we need to have workplace flexibility. We need to provide options for particularly these young mothers. You know, we saw during COVID, which was terrible, but there was some opportunities to learn how to do your job in a different way, different time frame, formatting. And so um, we need to place flexibility in the workforce out there. Uh, we see that all the studies show that if you don't have that and say these young parents don't have some safety nets, well, then what happens? They, they drop out of the workforce. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see the young parents are the first to go. And then it's mostly the young mothers. So providing those options and flexibility is very key to keeping them engaged in the workforce. We saw another highlight was we needed to enforce child support. Uh, we needed to strengthen our laws because we needed mostly fathers are the ones that are to be are been ordered to pay child support. And four out of five custodial parents are mothers and the fathers are not paying. And so over half this, you know, the parent, the mother's not receiving any child support from the fathers. Well, that's significant because again, yes, it is. the monies need to go for that child, for bringing them up, uh, helping them be invested in the future of that child. And again, studies show if the fathers primarily or the non-custodial parents are paying, then they're invested in their child's lives. That's so right. Very, very important to do that. Uh, we also I might just add that Arkansas has a very notable case in front of it at this point. A judge in Ar Arkansas, the Hunter Biden dad, deadbeat dad 
Y'all see a reel for me later. I won't make you <laughs> respond to that, AG. But I just think it's just outrageous when dads or moms won't step in and pay to take care of their kids. I mean, we we can't allow that. Well, we and we shouldn't, and we need to enforce the laws. And you know, a number of our states across our country have good laws. They need to be strengthened, but we need to enforce it. We that's don't right. need to allow them to have a pass to do that. And that's exactly right. That's a that's a very high case of profile. And we should be showing why should he be able to change his? Why should that child be impacted? That's I mean, right. It's not far, fair to that that young girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also then looked and talked with our uh, legislators and wrote some legislation about providing more resources and tools for these mothers to be or these young mothers and mm-hmm. their children. And then lastly, and this is a very hard subject and, you know, people would kind of sit on the edge of their chair when I talk about it, but it's the adoption system and the foster care system, quite frankly, is broken. Mm -hmm. And so we need to get those children into loving, thriving families as quickly as possible. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's very expensive to adopt. And I've said, I think adoption should be free. I mean, because the kids that aren't adopted and usually it's older kids, younger babies tend to get adopted right away, but older kids end up in foster care and, you know, that costs money to the state. I don't think there's any reason why, you know, the, the home study should cost anything. I think that we should really tighten some things up and do better. I think we can. You're absolutely right. But again, so uh, uh, the many great things with the Dobbs decision, it, it now has parlayed us into taking these action yes. items to, you know, and really taking them to heart and saying, you know, we can't talk about this anymore. We have to do something. That's right. And it involves our children and involves our mothers. Yes. Well, that is so, that is exactly, you're taking exactly the right approach. Our idea to buttress that is something we've called life.gov. I had a conversation with Brian Hughes that that Texas had just done $100 million worth of uh, money for alternatives and abortion. And I said to Brian, like, Senator Hughes, where's all that money go? And he's like, oh, I don't really know. I mean, I know it's working because we're seeing our numbers of abortions go down, but I don't really know. And I said, well, shouldn't we know? And so we started a bill. Marco Rubio has um, introduced it in the Senate and we have a house sponsor. And then we're starting, we're taking it state by state. And if the state will put together by zip code, all the services that are available, that a young woman who's worried, who doesn't really know what her alternatives are, can just go on and quickly with a couple of clicks, find out everything that's available to her in her state and in even locally. And then it also, I mean, this is things like housing, education, childcare, foster care adoption, um, health care. I mean, there's a lot of free health care out there. We spend in in these kind of services over a trillion dollars a year in our country. And I think a lot of people don't know what's available to them. So we need to help them be better informed so they can make the right decision and feel supported and know what's available to them. Our office is uh, with all of our partners. We proposed the legislation. We worked it. Uh, all right. We, again, all of them. And uh, it is now um, passed. And when did that pass so it's called the it's called the mama program okay it actually came from our our office our office is the one that's putting it together and we're we under the legislation great minds the one that sets up the website the app um great the mama program it's uh uh, Mississippi access to maternal assistance. I love it. Every state should do it. And what we're, our idea is the federal government, HHS, should tie them all together and keep it updated because things change all the time. 
So we're going to have our public uh, resources, our mm -hmm. private resources, our faith-based resources. So if you go click on yes. each county, just as you said, you can see everything that's available to this this young mother. And so we Love are it. so excited. I mean, we got a lot of great legislation passed because everybody was excited and very willing to take some action items, be it tax credits, um, for child care, tax credits for adoption. We got a foster parents bill of rights passed. Love it. So there were, we strengthened uh, our adoption laws. Uh, we changed some policies, but the mama program, as you said, um, we are just so excited about it. I love it. Well, I'm going to go look it up as soon as I get done here and you guys can be the model for other states. I mean, again, I think a lot's being discussed because, um, you know, Christy Nome did is an executive order. So it doesn't even have to go through, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily, I think it's always better to do it legislatively because when you do it as an executive order, the next executive that comes in can change it. So you all did it the right way. She did the fastest way, but I think we'll, I think it'll be fine. Um, but we're talking to various other governors and so good. We're all thinking along the same lines. Um, and of course you should, and I think you probably know this number over 30,000 babies have been saved since the overturn of Roe. And that's looking at all the numbers of what a normal year looks like in abortion, looking at the state by state, some states went like California and New York went up and then a bunch of states went down and that the local, the state laws have changed. And you need, if you don't know what your state law is, come to concernwomen.org. We have a interactive map that you can click on your state and it'll tell you. And there's shocking states like Pennsylvania allows abortion at up to 24 weeks. Mm. I mean, think about that. That baby can live outside the womb. I don't even know legally how they're able to do it, but it is. It is the law in Pennsylvania. And so, you know, some of the states will surprise you, but there's been a lot of great movement in states like Mississippi and Oklahoma and other states that really already were there, but the, the heavy hand of the judicial fiat and named Roe v. Wade kept them from being able to actually put into place what the people wanted for their states. So some states were going to have to fight harder. And yes, we believe that it seems pretty low bar that Lindsey Graham's bill, though it's a federal ban at 15 weeks, um, should be passed. And we'll be working on that. But, you know, meanwhile, there's about six states that have no limits on abortion, including the, the District of Columbia. I'm getting calls from nurses and doctors who are telling me about 30-week babies that are showing up, mothers in labor, that have been sent to a hotel room to have a chemical abortion, and they're having a late-term baby born, some of them born dead, some of them born alive. And it's just, you know, a crazy, crazy time. So the laws on Born Alive Act to make sure that if a baby is born, that she gets, she or she gets treatment are important. I mean, there's so many facets to this. So all that to say, just like you said, A.G. Fitch, this is just the beginning. It's a new chapter. And we're fighting in a bunch of different ways. One other way, and I, I need to also talk to your governor about this, some states, and we've had uh, our first state go with it um, in South Dakota, sorry, North Dakota, uh, has in their um, in their educational system, kids 9th through 12th, twice a year will be watching a, a video on fetal development. 
so that kid, I mean, it's just basic science. Like how does, uh, what is fetal development from conception to birth? What happens? And so kids actually understand if later on a young girl is in this situation, she's going to know at six weeks that her little baby's heart is beating. And I think that is, you know, really the beginning of the conversation of allowing young women to understand what's actually happening, that this is a different life. This is a separate life from the very beginning with its own DNA, sometimes a different kind of blood. This is a person at seven weeks. This little baby has a face and corneas. So um, we're hoping to do a whole bunch of things. And you are, too. You're doing great work. Well, thank you. Well, you know, you touched on something, Penny, about the um, these late term abortions. That's just so horrific. Because you said, you know, very well that, you know, so many of these babies can already live outside the womb right. and to think that they are being aborted like that, it, it's just heartbreaking. And so you're right. We will continue to work along those lines and try to continue to save those babies and get those, um, those mothers uh, safely uh, yes. through their pregnancy. Um, but the other thing too, you know, knowledge and power, if you, if you get that information, it's very powerful to get that mm -hmm. knowledge out, like you're talking about, um, to our young people. And again, for the women to see that, or the young women to see it, and for the men to, young men to see yes. that is very important. And two, thinking about, you know what, they take on responsibility and we need mm -hmm. to have that conversation too. That's right. So I think if, if the, if they both knew, Hey, we're both going to at least be equally responsible for this mm -hmm. child financially, mm -hmm. economically, maybe that's a game changer too. Right. To, uh, think through the entire process. Yes. This is a human being. If we create a human being together, this is going to be our responsibility and this is how much money it costs. And this is, this is hard. We'll have resources for you because we know that accidents happen. People make mistakes. We're human, but exactly. we need to also understand there is a, a young, there's a group of young women that have come up under the Planned Parenthood world vision. Um, and they think that, you know, there's no more safe, legal and rare. They, they just want it legal. And they don't particularly even care if it's safe because they're so adamant about uh, chemical abortion. And, you know, and they tell young women that, oh, you know, the hookup culture is fine. And, you know, it, it can be a form of birth control. They don't even really tell them, you know, what the fallout is. Because we have women all over the pro-life movement that came to us because of their broken hearts, because they were ill-informed and they made bad decisions. And now they would do anything to take it back. Some of them never were able to have children because of the damage that was done to them in an abortion. So um, it is not a simple thing. It's not a magic. Abortion is not a magic wand that makes someone unpregnant and makes them makes their baby go away and um, and takes away, you know, the hurt. It has its own issues. It's still they're still pregnant. They were still a mother. And there's a fallout for that and um, emotionally, spiritually, physically, in many cases. And we just want to do everything we can do alongside you. Um, A.G. Fitch to support them, to educate them, to help them to make better decisions and to support them, you know, whatever they decide on the issue of life and to actually, you know, I think the more we educate them, the less we're going to need to do, but we need to protect the least that this is a human being and she deserves her civil rights protected and her right to life. And we will continue to work to that. Well, I just need to say again, you all do an amazing job. CWA is fantastic. Thank you for all. Oh, the work you're that so you kind. Do. And again, the the friendships, the partnerships, 
And, you know, I think we are challenged every day to uplift others, mm -hmm. uh, to provide those principles, uh, to give them the faith base, know that they're being lifted up. Yes. And give them every opportunity uh, to be there for those young mothers to be, mm -hmm. the young mothers, and then for those children. And That's right. Uh, that's why I, I certainly go back to what we talked about, you know, that it was a God case and now mm -hmm. God has given us these opportunities yes. uh, to take these next, next steps together. Yes, we're in this together. We're in it for the long haul. This is what I said to some people on the left. I'm like, we're very patient. <laughs> we will go state by state by state and educating people so they understand and taking on the states like New York and California and even Virginia, who did not get our pro-life law out of um, the legislature this year. People have another chance after the next election. Um, it, we allow late-term abortion in the state of Virginia, of all places. And in my city, in our Alexander City, they changed the land rules so that they could bring in more abortion clinics because they want abortion tourism. So that's what we're seeing, and people have to stand up against it. So I just challenge everyone that's listening to understand this is not over. This is just the beginning where there's so much more to do. Pray with us. Come to concernwomen.org and take a look at what we're doing. Certainly go to A.G. Fitch's site and uh, familiarize yourself with her empowerment project and all the amazing things that she's doing. And maybe if you don't live in Mississippi, Mississippi, you can interpret that for your state. So um, we appreciate you, A.G. Fitch. I know you've got to go. And um, we just I just again want to thank you so much for coming on Concerned Women today. And we look forward to working alongside you in many years to come. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again for all the wonderful work. That well, God bless. And blessings to you all and everyone that's listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Concerned Women Today is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, bringing you biblical perspectives to today's most pressing issues. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. We pray this episode has been a blessing to you. For more information, visit ConcernWomen.org.